Hare Krishna, Vanchakal Patrubhyas Chakripa Sindhubhyebhacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavibhyo Namo Namaha. Welcome to our continuation of Srimad Bhagavatam. We're beginning over again and we're on Canto 1, Chapter 1, Text 2. So first we'll say this, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So this chapter is the questions by the sages. <coughs> and here we have um, uh, what's it called uh, by uh, yeah, the questions by of the sages at Naimisharanya, that's what Sridhar Swami uh, has as his uh, title. So the text two, you remember the last one, I'll just read the translation is there. That's the one that's kind of a really operatic huh? So the next text <coughs> goes like this Dharma projita kaitavotra paramo nirmatsaranam satam vejam vastavam matravastur shivadam tapatrayon mulinam Srimad Bhagavate Mahamuni Krite Kimba Parayarishwara Sadhyoridya Varujate Trakatibi Shu 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 So the translation here by Srila Prabhupada, completely rejecting all religious activities which are materially motivated, this Bhagavata Purana propounds the highest truth, which is understandable by those devotees who are fully pure in heart. The highest truth is reality distinguished from illusion for the welfare of all. Such truth uproots the threefold miseries. This beautiful Bhagavatam, compiled by the great sage Vyasadeva in his maturity, is sufficient in itself for God-realization. What is the need of any other scripture? As soon as one attentively and submissively hears the message of Bhagavatam by this culture of knowledge, the Supreme Lord is established within his heart. This text has undergone a few revisions. <laughs> like in this version now, which is in the Veda base, it says uh, the Bhagavatam compiled by the great sage Vyasadeva, and then in brackets it says, in his maturity. An earlier print edition from the BBT uh, uh, leaves out in his maturity altogether. But if you go back to the original Prabhupada version that Prabhupada translated in India, it, it goes like this. It has, uh, in this Bhagavat Purana, this all so-called religious activities covered by fruitive intentions are completely rejected and the highest truth understandable by the cent per cent, which is an Indian way of saying 100% or British probably, cent per cent, pure-hearted devotees is inculcated. The highest truth is the factual reality distinguished from the shadow is described herein for everyone's well-being and causing uprooting of the threefold miseries. The beautiful Bhagavatam is compiled by the great sage Sri Vyasadeva, parentheses, in his mature stage, 
And as such, what is the need of other scripture, parentheses, for self-realization? As soon as a person applies his attentive and submissive oral reception, A-U-R-A-L, oral, oral reception to the message of this Bhagavatam, the Supreme Lord at once becomes fixed up compact by such culture of knowledge, in parentheses, of knowledge, in parentheses. So it's there in the, the great sage in his maturity. Uh, so it was taken out and then put back in again, but in brackets. But you'll see that what happens uh, later on, it describes Vyasadeva doing all this literature and compiling all the Mahabharata and all these works and still feeling despondent. And then Narada Muni comes to him and says, why are you despondent? And he says, you haven't told enough about Krishna. And so therefore he writes the Bhagavatam. So it is his maturity. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. So anyway, we look at this, Dharma Projita Kaitavotra. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, uh, so dharma, which is kaitava dharma, uh, covered by fruitive intentions, uh, or, or uh, you might say, uh, what kaitava means, uh, the word kaitava means fraud, <laughs> deceit, kaitava dharma. Uh, it also refers to gambling sometimes like that. So it, here, that's why it's put in here that it's materially motivated. Uh, this is kaitava dharma, uh, cheating dharma, because gambling is cheating by, by this kind of idea. Uh, so this this propounds here in Parama, uh, the highest truth, for the nirmatsaranam satam. Nirmatsaranam uh, nirmatsara, uh, here the 100% pure in heart. Uh, the word nirmatsara, matsara, uh, or without matsara, without envy or jealousy or selfishness, uh, because matsara means greedy, selfish, hostile, envious, jealous, you know, so on. So these are who have, you know, the, these are the kaitava, the, the hundred percent pure in the heart, in the word for word. Uh, So this is the, the this this uh, the parama, the highest truth, which is understandable vedyam by those devotees who are uh, pure, hundred percent pure. Then uh, the highest truth is reality distinguished from illusion. Uh, it's vastavam. Uh, and then shivadam, giving well-being by tapatraya umulinam. Uh, mula is a root, so umulinam, uprooting the tapatraya, the threefold miseries. The threefold miseries are those caused by uh, your own body and mind <laughs> uh, by other inimical living beings, beings and by the devas, that is to say floods, hurricanes. <laughs> yeah. Those kind of things like viruses. <laughs> I don't know if it's by the viruses or the devas, whatever it might be. Anyway, these are the threefold miseries, huh? That, that they're going to happen, whether you like them or not. Uh, so it uproots the threefold miseries. Uh, 
so then this is uh, compiled by the uh, Mahumuni, Mahamuni himself. And what is the need for other, other scripture, others? Uh, because as, as soon as this uh, is heard, and then the word is that Prabhupada uses, avarujate, becomes compact within the heart, riddhi avarujate. The word avaruja, uh, 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 avarud means to enclose. <laughs> Uh, to keep anything locked in your heart, you know, like your grief, you know, you're hiding your grief, you keep it locked away in your heart. So that's avarudja. So the Lord himself becomes locked, uh, fixed in the heart of the devotee. That's where this from this avarudja. Uh, It's a, so he's here, he's established within his heart. Uh, and, and so uh, that's the idea. Banu Swami's translation. And so uh, this, uh, this added, what's, what's, the, what's the need for any other scripture? This will do it. Huh? What's the need for, when it says parai, others. It's sufficient in itself for God-realization. Banu Swami, in his translations, always follow the commentary of Vishnu Chakrabarti Thakur. The Supreme Lord becomes immediately captured in the heart, so he puts it first, of the accomplished devotees by hearing Bhagavatam. And even by those who have suddenly developed a desire to hear. So he does this. So you can either, you know, the, these established devotees, but anyone who just like wants to have a desire to hear. This does not happen with other works. <laughs> In the Bhagavatam alone, created by the Lord himself, is presented the real permanent object. This is this established thing, huh? which can be understood by those without selfish intentions and which bestows auspiciousness and releases and release from the material world of miseries. In the Bhagavatam alone is presented the process for attaining that highest goal devoid of any material goals and liberation. So that's, that's his... Uh, so I'm going to rediscuss the purports first of Prabhupada's and uh, Vishnu Chakravarti. Uh, so Prabhupada says, religion includes four primary subjects, namely pious activities economic development, satisfaction the section of the senses, and finally, liberation from material bondage. Uh, uh, this is a, a, a sequence that is uh, dharma, artha, kama, moksha, right? That's dharma, People perform, these are materially motivated, you know, dharma, you perform uh, pious activities, dharma, you follow dharma. Why is that? Uh, for artha, wealth, dharma, artha, kama. Why do you want wealth? For the satisfaction of the senses. And then when you finally become disgusted of the, by sense gratification, then you go for liberation when it happens. Dharma, artha, kama, moksha. This is the this secret, the things that are taught in the Vedas, Dharma, Artha, Kama, Moksha. So that's when he says this Dharma, this is religion, is these things. Uh, so that that's civilization, because irreligious life is a barbarous condition. 
Indeed, human life begins when religion begins. Eating, sleeping, fearing, and mating are the four principles of animal life. Yeah, this is, this is the four activities. Uh, uh, you eat, sleep, fearing, uh, Prabhupada often says defending yourself and mating. This is what animals do. And that's mostly everything we do is, you know, having enough to eat, uh, a safe place to sleep at night, comfortable beds, sheets, pillows, <laughs> you know, all those things, you know. Uh, defending yourself, yeah, we're bristling with defenses and cameras at the door and and so on. And then mating, of course, that's a big industry, the mating industry, big time. So he says, they, these are common both to animals and to human beings. But religion is the extra function of the human beings. So dharma, artha, kama, and then moksha. Without religion, human life is no better than animal life. Uh, without dharma, that is to say. Therefore, in human society, there's some form of religion which aims at self-realization and which makes reference to man's eternal relationship with God. In the lower stages of human civilization, there is always competition to lord it over the material nature. Or in other words, there is a continuous rivalry to satisfy the senses. Driven by such consciousness, man turns to religion. How can I, you know, maybe I need some of the gods have to help me out a little bit in this competition for sense gratification. He thus performs pious activities and religious functions in order to gain something material. You have to pay for a, a tight bombing pad on that. was <laughs> one book where a guy was satirizing World War II, you know, where, they, where the general told them to, to pray for a tight bombing pad or <laughs> What's the name of that book? I forgot. It was a very famous book at his time, right? Yeah. He told the, he told the, the, the chaplain and the army chaplain that, that everybody should pay for that their bombs fall correctly. Anyway, uh, to gain something material. That's what you do. Most people, when they pray, they pray for material things. I remember uh, once getting in the mail at one time, a few years back, uh, somebody sending you a sacred handkerchief that's been blessed, and you, you keep this, and if you uh, keep this handkerchief with you, God will give you everything, and you, you, you know, but you have to send a donation back, and it'll be, then anyway, you know, that's, it's a lot, it's magic, you know. For most people. Uh, but if such material gains are obtainable in other ways, then so-called religion is neglected. So you find out when everything is going great, people stop going to church. And then when the floods rise, then all of a sudden they're praying. This is the situation in modern civilization. Man is thriving economically, so at present he is not very interested in religion. This is Kaitava Dharma, materially motivated religion. Churches, mosques, and temples are now practically vacant. Men are more interested in factories, shops, and cinemas than in the religious places which were erected by their forefathers. This practically proves that religion is performed for some economic gains. Economic gains are needed for sense gratification. 
Often when one is baffled in the pursuit of sense gratification, he takes to salvation and tries to become one with the Supreme Lord. Consequently, all these states are simply different types of sense gratification. And that's what people are thinking a lot of time. What is their idea of heaven? So some kind of like, not boring sense gratification, but it's pious somehow or other, you know. I used to think going to church it meant you got a taste for boredom. <laughs> anyway, in the Vedas, the above-mentioned four activities, as Dharma, Arta, Kama, and Moksha, are prescribed in a regulative way so that there will not be any undue competition for sense gratification. In other words, regulated sense gratification. Thou shalt not steal. You can get money, but don't take, you know, follow the rules. But Srimad Bhagavatam is transcendental to all these sense gratificatory activities. It is purely transcendental literature, which can be understood only by the pure devotees of the Lord, who are transcendental to competitive sense gratification. In the material world, there is a keen, there is keen competition between animal and animal, man and man, community and community, nation and nation. But the devotees of the Lord rise above such competitions. They do not compete with the materialist because they are on the path back to Godhead where life is eternal and blissful. Such transcendentalists are non-envious and pure in heart. In the material world, everyone is envious of everyone else, and therefore there is competition. But the transcendental devotees of the Lord are not only free from material envy, but our well wishes to everyone, and they strive to establish a competitionless society with God in the center. I mean, the ideal of Marxism, which was quite prominent at one time, was that people would become, the state would wither away. It would, it would, everyone would be, uh, would, would be, there was a kind of a, you know, Heaven on earth was their goal by, by getting rid of class divisions and so on like that and making everyone equal. That hasn't panned out too well with Marxism, <laughs> but, but that was the idea. So, uh, and Prabhupada, because that was so prominent in India, uh, this this Marxist idea, he he said it was uh, there was a kind of uh, God-centric communism, you know, with God in the center. That would that would, that would happen. That you would not be envious of anybody else. And of course, we see people, you know, and somebody anyway doesn't go away so easy sometimes. The contemporary socialists. Conception. So here's what he's talking about: the contemporary socialist, you know, uh, socialism or Marxism. You know, communism and socialism are both both the two different versions of the contemporary socialist conception of a competitionless society is artificial, because in the socialist state there's competition for the post of dictator. <laughs> You have to remember that that uh, you know India shares a. First of all, even during Prabhupada's time, in India, during the Cold War, uh, India was allied with 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 Russia, and America with Pakistan. That was happening during that time, and so. Uh, uh, there was a, a lot of Russian technology. 
the whole Indian Air Force is all Russian MiGs and stuff like that. You know, that was that was going on. So this is what Prabhupada is talking about, this this competitionless society with God in the center. Uh, the transcendentalists are free from envy, um, but are well wishes to everyone, and they strive to establish a competitionless competition competitionless society with God in the center. And then he mentions the, the post of dictator. Uh, from the point of view of the Vedas, or from the point of view of common human activities, sense gratification is the basis of material life. There are three paths mentioned in the Vedas. One involves fruitive activities to gain promotion to better planets. Another involves worshipping different demigods for promotion to the planets of the demigods. And another involves realizing the absolute truth and his impersonal feature and becoming one with him. So there is also this ambition is there and a kind of you want to go to the, high, the higher planets uh, or go to the demigods and then uh, becoming one with God. So that's the highest, you know, from this kind of, kind of uh, where there's some selfish motive, becoming one with God. The impersonal aspect of the absolute truth is not the highest. Above the impersonal feature is the Paramatma feature. So actual, actual Pantanjali's Yoga Sutra is theistic. I mean, there's a lot of yoga going on that's not theistic, but the actual Pantanjali, Ishwara Pranadana, is one of the thing, worship of God, and that there's the soul and there's the super soul, so that's there. So above the impersonal feature, is the Paramatma feature, and uh, so that's yoga, that's real yoga, is theistic. And above this is the personal feature of the Absolute Truth, or Bhagavan. Srimad Bhagavatam gives information about the Absolute Truth in his personal feature. It is therefore higher than the impersonal speculation and the Jnana-kanda division of the Vedas, what to speak of the Karma-kanda division. Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam is even higher than the Upāsana-kanda, that is when there is worship of the different demigods, uh, because it recommends the worship of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Lord Śrī Krishna, the Divine Son of Vasudeva. In the Karma Kanda, there is a competition to, competition to reach heavenly planets for better sense gratification, and there is similar competition in the Jnana Kanda and Upasana Kanda. Here, Upasana is worshiping the uh, uh, demigods. The Srimad Bhagavatam is superior to all of these because it aims at the supreme truth which is the substance at the root of all categories. From Srimad Bhagavatam, one can come to know the substance as well as the categories. The substance is the absolute truth, the Supreme Lord, and all emanations are relative forms of energy. Nothing is apart from the substance but at the same time, the energies are different from the substance. This conception is not contradictory. Srimad Bhagavatam explicitly promulgates this simultaneously one is different philosophy, one and different, that's in hyphenated, simultaneously one and different philosophy of the Vedanta Sutra, which begins with the Janmadasi. Uh, Sutra, that's Bhagavatam 101, that from which absolute everything comes. So nothing is apart from the substance, but at the same time the energies are different from the substance. Nothing is different from Krishna, yet Krishna is different from everything. 
He includes yet he transcends uh, everything. So here Prabhupada articulates this idea of uh, cincha beda beda tattva. Cannot can be conceived as one and cannot be conceived of as different. Neither one of those. This knowledge that the energy of the Lord is simultaneously one with and different from the Lord is an answer to the mental speculator's attempt to establish the energy as absolute. When this knowledge is factually understood, one sees that the conception of monism and dualism to be imperfect. There's one and nothing else, or there's just everything separate. Development of this transcendental consciousness grounded in the conception of simultaneously one and different leads one immediately to the stage of freedom from the threefold miseries. The threefold miseries are those miseries which arise from the mind and body, those miseries inflicted by other living beings, including germs and enemy soldiers and landlords and whatever. And three, those miseries arising from natural catastrophes over which one has no control. The devas, really. Srimad Bhagavatam begins with the surrender of the devotee to the absolute truth. The devotee is fully aware that he is one with the Absolute and at the same time in the eternal position of servant to the Absolute. In the material conception one falsely thinks himself the Lord of all he surveys and therefore he is always troubled by the threefold miseries of life. But as soon as one comes to know his real position as a transcendental servant he at once becomes free from all miseries. As long as the living entity is trying to master material nature, nature, there is no possibility of his becoming the servant of the Supreme. To master material nature means you become God. That's your God project. I am the Lord of all I survey. And one way to do that is also to survey very little. I, in classes describing this, told about a time when I worked in an office and there was one, one secretary who had control over the office supplies and you had to like go up to her and like offer your obeisances and can I have a, a, a typewriter ribbon, you know, this is the old days, there was typewriter ribbon, you know, all these things. <laughs> the Lord of very little. Service to the Lord is rendered in pure consciousness of one's spiritual identity. By service, one is immediately freed from material encumbrances. Last paragraph of this purport. Less fortunate persons are not at all interested in hearing this Srimad Bhagavatam. I skip one, right? Oh yeah, where are we? Over and above, excuse me, yeah, a few more paragraphs. Over and above this, Srimad Bhagavatam is a personal commentation on the Vedanta Sutra by Sri Vyasadeva. We discussed that already, Janmadasiyataha, that shows this is his own, the Vedanta Sutra is his own commentary. It was written, and that's why until Baladev came, the Gaudiya Vaishnavas didn't have a commentary. And then because we didn't, we were not thought to be bona fide, so we, we got one commentary. But uh, this was the, considered the Bhagavatam as Vyasadeva's own commentary. It was written in the maturity of his spiritual life through the mercy of Narada. That's explained in the Bhagavatam. Sri Vyasadeva is the authorized incarnation of Narayana, the personality of Godhead is described as the literary incarnation because he wrote these things.
Therefore, there is no question as to his authority. He is the author of all other Vedic literatures. Remember, he at the beginning of the Kali Yuga, he writes them down because we wouldn't have the brains to remember them all. It used to be they didn't have to write them down. So that, you know, writing is not a sign of advancement, but of decline. Uh, Srila Vyasadeva is the authorized incarnation of Narayana, the personality of Godhead. Therefore, there's no question as to his authority. He is the author of all other Vedic literatures, yet he recommends the study of Srimad Bhagavatam above all others. In other Puranas, there are different methods set forth by which one can worship the demigods. But in the Bhagavatam, only the Supreme Lord is mentioned. The Supreme Lord is not the total body, and the demigods are the different parts of that body. Consequently, one who worships the Supreme Lord does not need to worship the demigods because the Supreme Lord becomes fixed in the heart of the devotees immediately. The, the Prabhupada elsewhere has given the example, if you pour water on the root of the tree, all the leaves and branches are satisfied. So similarly, by worshiping Krishna, all the devas are satisfied. They're, they're not going to be left out. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has recommended the Srimad Bhagavatam as the spotless Purana and distinguished it from all other Puranas. The proper, meth the proper method for receiving this transcendental message is to hear sub it submissively. A challenging attitude cannot help one realize this transcendental message. One particular word is used herein for proper guidance. This word is shushushu. One must be anxious or eager to hear this transcendental message. He must be desire. This is a desiderative case in Sanskrit. You desire to do something. One should, must be anxious or eager to hear this transcendental message. The desire to sincerely hear is the first qualification. Less fortunate persons are not at all interested in hearing this Srimad Bhagavatam. The process is simple, but the application is difficult. Unfortunate people find enough time to hear idle social and political conversations. You're right. Guess what modern media has done? But when invited to attend a meeting of devotees to hear Srimad Bhagavatam, they suddenly become reluctant. Or they indulge in hearing the portion of the Bhagavatam they are unfit, unfit to hear. In other words, well here he says here, sometimes professional readers of the Bhagavatam immediately plunge into the confidential topics of the pastimes of the Supreme Lord, which they interpret as sex literature. That is to say, they read the Rasa Leela chapters of Krishna's, yeah, of Krishna's personal pastimes, which you have to be, it's in the end, as you know, it's at the end because it's, it's confidential. Confidential means not everyone's qualified to hear it, so you're supposed to go through the whole thing. But they do this Bhagavat Saptaha, where they, they, they will do this in uh, seven days, you know. And uh, so you can't skip to the, that part. You have to go through it. Srimad Bhagavatam is meant to be heard from the beginning. Those who are fit to assimilate this word are mentioned in this, this shloka. One who becomes qualified to hear Srimad Bhagavatam after many pious deeds. The intelligent person with thoughtful discretion can be assured by the great sage Vyas that he can realize the Supreme Personality of, directly by hearing Srimad Bhagavatam without 
un undergoing the different stages of realization set forth in the Vedas, one can be, um, one can be lifted immediately to, pos to the position of Paramahamsa simply by agreeing to receive this message. So that's his uh, uh, purport. And you can understand that when Prabhupada came with this Bhagavatam, uh, he was there uh, to uh, 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 create the audience. That's why he had an ashram, that's why he made devotees, that's why he talked the four regular principles because he had the book and now he had to create the audience for the book. So he's mentioned these, these sections, this Upasana Kanda uh, of sacrifices and things like that. The, the word Upasana it also refers to worship, by the way. I mean, worship of the demigods, but the Lord, because the word Upasana uh, means the act of sitting nearby to attend upon somebody is upasana, asana, right? Asana, upa asana, sitting nearby. Uh, and so that's the actual worship. Uh, uh, and so upasana sometimes refers to demigod worship, but actually all our worship is called upasana. Uh, so uh, that's uh, meant to be understood. Now we have a whole other interesting purport which we're not going to get to uh, by uh, Vishnu Chakravarti talk where the Bani Swami has uh, has uh, actually. Uh, Uh, translated uh, also uh, for us. So again here you get this Dharma Projita Kaitava Utra uh, It's rejecting this uh, uh, it's called this Kaitava uh, covered by fruitive in, uh, intentions. Uh, as I said, kaitava means uh, fraud or deceit, kaitava dharma, uh, cheating. And those who are pure in heart are near matsara, without envy or greed. And uh, those, are, those are some important uh, 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 words here. So, uh, we'll see if there are any comments or questions. Uh, good time to start here, and then, then uh, next week we'll we'll also read the other purport that uh, we have a Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur. Before we turn to some other questions, I just um, one comment is what occurred to me when, when reading about you know how we can become little gods of little things, mm -hmm. but the nature is different than Krishna. I mean, Krishna, as the absolute truth, is quite magnanimous, whereas when we become try to become little gods, we get very selfish and kind of tyrannical. It's, it's yeah, that's right. Um, and one question I had from toward the beginning of the purport when we were talking about people at different stages and you know when they're suffering they pray to God and then when things are going well yeah, yeah. they kind of throw that out. Um, I was just wondering how that relates to Maslow's hierarchy of needs if you're familiar with that kind of your psychology 101 mm -hmm. the pyramid of you first need to meet the needs, your psychological needs, 
um, having you know water, food, shelter, sleep, mm-hmm. and those sort of things, and then there's safety, some sort of employment resources, uh, love and belonging is above that, uh, esteem for self-respect, uh, status recognition, and then you get to self-actualization on top of that. Um, do, uh, you know, something to better yourself. And I'm just wondering mm-hmm. if the when Prabhupada's talking about those kind of lower levels of when you just need something, you're praying to God when things are going bad. Um, maybe that's different than the self-actualization sort of. Well, it might be a separate interest. Uh, uh, our what we discover is that actually, if you fulfill your highest need, which is to serve God, everything else is taken care of. Uh, you don't have to worry. Uh, uh, a devotee doesn't know how to ask anything from God, but it turns out that God, you know, helps them out <laughs> in, in so many ways. And uh, as long as his desire is just to serve God, then he gets all facility. And uh, and, and and Prabhupada came to America with with one desire. He was, had an order from a spiritual master, which he, is God's order to go. And he just decided to do it. Now he had no resources, he didn't know together, and he just did it. He had to, you know, write the, do this Bhagavatam and start it out, come to America by himself, didn't know what was going to happen. I was told that that when he was in New York, he didn't know whether he was going to, nothing was going to happen, and he would maybe have to See, go back to India and it would fail, but you know. And then suddenly things started to happen. He happened to be, you know, because Krishna's in charge of timing, there was, there was people who were interested in him, young people, uh, not, you know, older, established, well, you know, but, but people who really to join the Hare Krishna movement in the beginning, you had to have people who had dropped out of like normal society, being discussed with the economic development program of America, and looking for something else, settling for you know LSD and other things like that, maybe the, as their spiritual life, and the, the the counterculture. And then you had to drop out of the counterculture into Krishna consciousness. But there it was. That was the original social. He was there at just the right time. That was Krishna's arrangement, and he always had Krishna's arrangement. Uh, what to do and when he came, and that's how, in uh, uh, you know, such a short time, uh, in his old age, he was able very quickly to spread Krishna consciousness, and, and really root it uh, all over the world. And uh, how did that happen? Because because Krishna was like helping him out. So when one desires purely just to serve Krishna, Krishna serves that devotee too. Facilitates it. Just to press that a little further, though, in that pure, in that pure state of faith in Krishna and faith in the holy name. In that state, would one still use common sense? I mean, in the sense of, oh, if I break my arm, you know, I'm just going to rely on chanting the holy name, or am I going That's to go to the true. doctor, right? Yeah. Um, he, 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 he said that, too. <laughs> and he told somebody was asking Prabhupada a question once. He said, yeah, in this case, use your common sense, and if you don't have any, ask somebody who does. <laughs> Vijay Krishna Prabhuhi asks, uh, related to 112, where I find the synonym Kaitava covered by fruit of intention. My question is, why is it that in the spiritual world there is no access to selfish, selfish sense of gratification? Is it because in the spiritual world only one enjoyer is to be found, namely Lord Krishna? Well, he, no, everybody ultimately enjoys 
But as Prabhupada put it, uh, a pure devotee has no way of experiencing happiness except by seeing that Krishna is happy in all respects. So when you've made Krishna happy, you can become happy. That's selflessness. Krishna Kumari asked, in regards to one indifference, how can we understand the asuras? Is Kamsa the same or separate from Krishna? We hear that Agasura's, Agasura's soul merges into Krishna. In regards to the anartas representing demons in our heart, are they the asuras, us or Krishna? I don't understand that question. Krishna Kumari, if you can clarify a little bit. Think of, in regards to one and difference, how can we understand the as, asuras? Well, they are competition. They are not seeing themselves as one with God, uh, and uh, and so uh, But if they're killed by Krishna. That's what happens. Only if you're killed by Krishna. Prabhupada said once, if you want to hate, hate Krishna, then he'll come and kill you. And <laughs> so, but that 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 fate, uh, they don't. They lose. They become. They, they they when they're merged into Krishna in that way, they're part of the Brahma Jyoti, really, uh, and. Uh, and they get that kind of impersonal liberation. Uh, uh, but really, fr from that, you lose your individual identity. You, you know, it's, 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 it's a, I mean, for a devotee, that would be kind of spiritual suicide. You know, we want to be able to appreciate Krishna. Uh, but, uh, 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 and that li that liberation that they receive uh, may last a very long time, but they may come back down again, you know. Because in the liber you have a dormant desire for activities that's always there in the living being. Narhari Dave Prabhu asks, he says, please accept my respectful obeisances. This Bhagavatam is for devotees who don't have any nirmatsara, envy. If I examine myself, I have a lot of envy for Krishna and his devotees. Still, I want to read the Bhagavatam and develop my understanding of Krishna. How can I really help myself so I can overcome these anartas like envy within my heart, so I can develop a taste for reading the Bhagavatam? Well, it's, it's simply part of, part of going along with reading Bhagavatam is following the principles of Krishna consciousness. And that should, I mean, one thing, uh, you know, it's the opposite of the material world. Uh, uh, someone who's advanced in Krishna consciousness is quite humble. Uh, and uh, uh, that humility is just realism. And anything that they have or do or get praised for or whatever they think it's uh, by Krishna's mercy it happened and I'm just his servant and he made it happen and, and, and so on like that. And the, the reason for a devotee to think, to, to, to seek out humility is because when humility increases, appreciation, love for Krishna increases. Uh, so you it's simply I'll play pray pray the Lord get, get rid of my God project get rid of my lording it over project that's my, that's my my ignorance and and so so uh, so, so be, because once you get a taste for increasing Krishna consciousness then you're eager for humility. It's not that you you know you've got some slave mentality that or, or you're a masochist or something. You just want it's not that humility for its own sake. It's because 
you appreciate Krishna more and more and more. And uh, that, that, that's what should, should come to pass. And when I, when I have material attachments and when uh, uh, there's some uh, pride there or something like that, you just pray to Krishna, please destroy this. And, and, all you, and if it looks like too big a project for you to handle, just take the next step. What is the next step? If you're really willing to take the next step in spiritual advancement, then you'll find out that Krishna shows you what it is. If we're only officially willing to do it, then, then he may not, or he may show it to you and you don't notice. <laughs> That's the, the other thing that happens is all the flags are up, you know, this is the way to go, and still, well, look over there. <laughs> Shivananda Sena Prabhu asks, he says, Hare Krishna Prabhu, thank you for the class. Srila Prabhupada said in the purport, quote, the proper method for receiving this transcendental message is to hear it submissively. Would you say that modern education discourages this submissive attitude in receiving knowledge? And if so, how? Can we cultivate this submissive attitude without tending towards sentimentalism? I, I, I think that... that uh that we, we have to accept uh, the instructions that come from Krishna and the people that help us uh, on that path. That's what's meant by being submissive. Uh, uh, you, any instruction requires submissive. Now, you always maybe, you know, in the material world, you want to surpass your teacher, you know. <laughs> become better and things like that. Uh, and uh, on, on, on the spiritual path, it's true, it's the path of humility. And, uh, and so materialists will not, 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 uh, not appreciate that. Uh, uh, yeah, you help somebody out in the material world, and and you, know, you teach somebody, you know, how to uh, do something very well, and then they take over your business and throw you out or whatever. That happens in the material world, but in the spiritual world, uh, gratitude is always there, and uh, and uh, so so you, yeah, it's, it's just. Yeah, we haven't really been trained at all in 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 in, in th this kind of uh, any even in you know religious societies. You see, there's there's always some group of people that are trying to advance, you know, by getting more recognition, more fame, more all these other things. You know, it's it's, it's and you will not be satisfied. You will not get what you want. So you can always pervert that. Just to add on to that point, I have had the experience, though, in academics, where if you are submissive to your professors or, or show an eagerness to learn from them, um, there is a lot more reciprocation at that point. It's just kind of this interesting well, true. idea that if you... if if you show eagerness to learn from them and, and a little humility, that they really go out of their way to help you. But then at the end of the day, you're supposed to <laughs> defeat them and somehow, like <laughs> with your dissertation or whatever it is, the yeah. last moment, you know, jump over them. Yeah, yeah, it's true. No, they do like it. You know, it, it, it's a fact. If you get somebody who really wants to learn and is eager to learn, and then a lot of times what comes out of the teacher is even more than they know that they can have to give. You know, it's, it's just spontaneous. Like, and you, you understand their understanding of things and you, you grasp something, yeah. And if you weren't that way, it wouldn't come out. Mm -hmm. That's true. Joshua Hatala asks, he says, this may be too far afield. <laughs> so if it's not re relevant, just ignore it. Can one arrive at the conclusions of Bhagavatam or an understanding that Krishna is a supreme personality of Godhead without direct interaction with the Bhagavatam or devotees? 
If not, why not? If Krishna is the absolute truth and his form exists in an, in an objective sense, then why can't one realize it without devotees or the text? Why would you want to do that? <laughs> so, because somehow or other the devotees and the texts, they're all, they're all part and parcel of Krishna. You know, it's the way that Krishna comes to you. So if Krishna wanted to, he could, he could, he could, you know, just right away, like, show you the way. But somehow or other, you have to be prepared, and the preparations are 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 are, are, are the ones that he he gives. So um, yeah, I I I think I think that it's it's just a package deal. If I, if I if I want to know something about Krishna, and yet I don't want to have to deal with the devotees, and I don't want to have to deal with the text, I just want God, you know. Am I demanding that he comes or what? And if 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 I do want God very badly, he'll send something and to see if I want it. And then I take it and step by step, but he sends all these things and still, you know, you know, what to do. Uh, I just don't take it. He sends all this, sends this, sends that, sends the other thing, you know. So we have to do it his way. Kayla Lalita has a funny comment here. She says that Baji was totally submissive to her teacher, Joshua Hatala, who just asked this last question. <laughs> and so that panned out, she says. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, let's see, I have some more questions. Vijay Krishna Prabhu asks, he says, and 112, where I find the synonym tapa triad, three full of miseries, mind and body, other living entities and superior beings, never stop to make us experience how uncomfortable this material life can be. My question is, if the plan of the Creator, Lord Krishna, is to make the material creation an opportunity for the conditioned living entities to go back home, back to, back to Him, why is it that along the way, back home, back to Godhead, we find so many obstacles, coronavirus being one of them? Well, that's not an obstacle. It could take you right back <laughs> to Godhead if you wanted to. Well, I don't know what to say, you know. It is what it is. <laughs> it makes it the way it is. And you just have to, you know. I asked once, as Prabhupada, you know, if God is all-powerful, why does he require so many demigods to run the universe? And Prabhupada said to me, you don't know how to run a universe. And I have to say in all humbleness, I don't. <laughs> so I just accept it the way he sets it up. All these things are there. And uh, a lot of what goes on is quite above my pay grade for understanding. Plus, if everything was perfect, we wouldn't be praying to God in the first place. Yeah, that's true, is another thing, yeah. And I also like the idea that these difficulties are a way of, of actually glorifying people who are really serious about their spiritual yeah, lives. Yeah, that's another thing, too. But people have asked me, you know, well, God, you know, why does you, if he was really generous, he'd just give you heaven and you wouldn't have to worship him. But the point is, we are constituted as worshipers of God. There's no separate heaven uh, where, where we can have be all these things and, and, you know, so you want to merge with God? Yeah, you lose your identity completely. You want to become a demigod? Well, that's your god for a while, but it, you know the time runs out. 
he puts you in charge of a universe and you got that for a little while but uh, eventually your time comes you know? and Vijay Krishnapuru asks um, in relation to 112 where I find the synonym Sushushubi by culture to cultivate a plant I need sun, water and fertilizer my question is what do I need to cultivate my spiritual life is it that if I do not take the necessary measures, my spiritual life is at risk of never reaching its full development? That's true. Take the necessary measures, step by step. And if you, you know, do whatever you can in your present circumstances, Krishna will make it so you can take the next step. Krishna wants us back more than we want him, actually. And just a few quick thank yous. Dhammadar Priya says thank you very much. Narayana Das says thank you very much, Gurudev, uh, in response. To okay. All right. I'm sorry I didn't get any further. I was I always got plans to go beginning, but we'll we'll pick up there. We'll c continue with this second text uh, next class and. Uh, interesting purport by Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur, uh, and we'll uh, get a chance to understand that also. All right, thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai.